welcome to Matushka's Right Peg. This is the festive edition of the podcast. As usual in the, uh, the podcast studio, we've got uh, Cherry hailing from a snowy Yorkshire. Mark is uh, holding up our end in Berlin. Kyle has had some snow in uh, Scotland, but it seems to have dissipated now. And uh, I'm joining you from a, a sunny Lisbon. Been a big few games since we were last on. I think starting with Bayern Munich home game, the English Avoca, where we uh, went away to Stuttgart and then invited BFRB to the Alte Forsterei. And then there was the cup game. Nice of us to get a home game with no fans in there. I guess we need to sort of maybe think back to what our expectations were of those games. I think we were all hoping for maybe nicking a few points here and there and prog- progressing in the cup as usual. Uh, I don't think anyone uh, was able to predict maybe not only the points, but the uh, the quality of the displays in, in many of those games. Probably actually ended up being a bit unlucky uh, to, to have so few points from, from the three league fixtures. But maybe, uh, maybe Mark, you can kick off and what's, uh, what's your verdict on those games? Well, I think I, I predicted four points and going through in the cup, I think. And well, the, part the, the cup didn't quite work out, as we'll see. But that was an optimistic four points from my point of view. And to exceed that, really fantastic. And yet, as you say, uh, Wilson, that it, it's kind of tough. We could have got more. We could have definitely got more out of that. It was a weird three games where, like, I, t- I, t- I talked to my dad on the phone, for example, and I said, look, we had we played well in all three of the league games. On another day, we could have won them all. And yet, on a completely other day, we might have not got a single thing out of them. It was literally that close in this case. Bayern were Bayern and everything. Well, actually, that's not true. They weren't Bayern to start with and everything. We we played very, very well against Bayern. But ultimately, as soon as they get in behind you, played across, then uh, then you're going to be in trouble. And so it proved. A, a well-hard-fought um, point there against uh, Bayern, together with, as we were discussing in the last podcast, with uh, Luther in goal, who made his place secure definitely there with a great last-minute save uh, as well. And we went to Stuttgart, started like a shot, we're 2-0 up, and it's always disappointing when you're 2-0 up and there's like six, seven minutes to go to not get the full three points. I know that it was deserved ultimately from watching it, from seeing all the highlights. We were under the pump a little bit from Stuttgart there in the end, but... Yep, another good point away. And then Dortmund at home uh, and everything. A really top performance. Really top performance there. The preview online said that Dortmund were the most susceptible to set pieces. And it seemed to me that that the training team, that they worked them out completely. Uh, and uh, so it turned out. Dortmund looked all at sea when when put under pressure from set pieces and um and we came out of that with with again with a deserved three points the Paderborn game yeah one of them you know cup on on laws and all that sort of thing I, I just think that not only that cup games one-off games don't suit us uh, as I said also in the in the whatsapp group uh, in our whatsapp group it's not just that I think there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more to it than than physical fitness and physical tiredness, I think. Um, these guys are professional football, professional athletes and everything, and it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't, shouldn't have been a problem too. And it wasn't indeed, I don't think, a problem. But I think it's the mental, the mental tiredness that's there. We saw definitely among certain players that there were... There was a little bit of after the Lord Mayor show, after the Dortmund game, and there was a little bit of mental tiredness there, coupled with a team who played a high-pressing game in Paderborn, which we knew was going to come. Um, and ultimately, Paderborn, even though we could have then got something out of that in the in two by hitting the the woodwork twice, um, Paderborn ultimately 
did deserve to go through. But um, ultimately, massively satisfied by the by the year as a whole and also and also where we are despite that little disappointment of the cup you kind of touched on on one of the elements that kind of um you can look at each game and think okay especially the buying game and that's that's the team selection so obviously there was some talk of the goalkeeper after uh, the previous fixture that we've we've already covered and then obviously for the cup game we we did ring the changes as well and and I think mental tiredness as you say probably crept in and did we did we make too many changes or did we make um, not enough changes? I guess we'll we'll never know on that. Some of the people who did come in, I don't think maybe performed quite as well as as, as well as they maybe could have done as well. And um, yeah, I think as well when you when you go into a game being the favourites, which we haven't done for a while, um, there's a different type of pressure as well. And uh, we we really had to take the game uh, in the cup. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the on the on the team selection, I think some people were hoping to to maybe see a change of goalkeeper. Be interesting to see if people have maybe reversed that decision after seeing uh, seeing our Carius uh, how he performed in the cup. I don't think uh, don't think he was he was don't think he had a shocker by any means. But um, I, I, I certainly think Luther has uh, has kind of proven his mental mental strength to bounce back in that in that buying game, as you mentioned there, Mark, with the with the save. Um, and I guess the, the other thing about the selection is um, we were all very concerned about losing a key player. Um, and then we put in those displays, which probably um, was, was again a surprise. But yeah, Cherry, what was your, uh, your, your verdict on things for those last four fixtures since we last met? Looking at the four as a whole, I think the buying game is the most impressive for me. Obviously beating Dorman, well, what performance that was, but they are very beatable this season, as we saw the week before we played them when they got tonked at home uh, by Stuttgart. And then, of course, we go to Stuttgart and put in a great performance there. Should have won that. Um, but yeah, the buying game, Bayern's just, it's, they're a different beast, really. Um, and we, we could have been two up within 10 minutes. Uh, we, we had chances even when they had their spells of pressure. You never really felt like we were going to lose it until that incredible save at the end which how he managed to claw that out I'm not sure but yeah that that was that was for me that was the most impressive of of that little spell that we had that week um and then going to Stuttgart you can look at it and say well that's that's a big two points dropped from the position we were in but at the same time we saw what Stuttgart were capable of when they went to Dortmund the week before and Tonkton 5-1 so I don't think we can be too upset with that uh, it was just the lapse of concentration, I think, at the end. The Peter Crouch-type figure who scored them two goals, getting up from a corner and uh, and a really good finish as well. So not too many complaints about that. Dortmund, well, again, I mean, that's up there as one of the highlights of the season, definitely. We played on the front foot. We put them, we pinned them back and we were quite adventurous. Um, again, like we did against Bayern, we we weren't afraid to go out and attack them. Uh, we didn't sit back and soak up pressure like everyone would have expected us to and we, we got rewards from it. And I think, yeah, I've got to agree with Mark there on, on the Paderborn game. It just looked like we were, I mean, you're going to be tired after that week. What a week that was. There were three fixtures in such a small space of time to come out of that with, with five points like we did when probably it could have been zero, like Mark said, or it could have been nine. You, you can't you can't read too much into that one-off game. And it, you could have seen that coming because you could think, well, Paderborn would probably play like we do, where 
we look to to hit quick on the counter attack, um, keep our shape and defend really tight and compactly and stop, you know, the 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 favourites or you know the the team you'd expect to to be on the front foot. You, you stop them playing and you you play to your own strengths and that suited them really well. Um, so I don't think we can have any any complaints there. But yeah, a little bit a little bit concerning because now we've got this big run into January with no winter break. Mental fatigue, physical fatigue sets in. Uh, a couple of injuries knocking about. So yeah, that that that's concerning. Hopefully, we can address that going into these this quick spell of games we got coming up into January. And Kyle, what was uh, what was your verdict on those last few games? In the league, beyond beyond anything that I could have realistically expected, uh, the game against Bayern was. What a performance to a man. Um, something that I thought we potentially missed this season is uh, like uh, Gikovic had this sort of thing of uh, managing to like earn points on his own with his goalkeeping, whereas from Luther, I didn't feel I'd seen that up until that point. But uh, and I'd, like I'd said we, uh, in the previous podcast that we should probably give Carrius a shot. But then Luther comes out with this incredible performance against Bayern, and yeah, uh, that save in the in the in the last minute uh, will probably end up being one of the moments of the season, just in terms of how it, it saved that point where we yeah we maybe should have got three out of it, but it, it made such a difference to the game and. Such like a a good moment for him though after such a an unfortunate game beforehand and he kind of solidified his spot um, in the following games. Uh, Stuttgart Kaladzic is uh, is a good player and had shown that at the start of the season and then kind of fell out of form a bit and has now come back in and uh, if I recall correctly scored the following weekend as well. He's got himself into a good run of form and when you're when you're trying to deal with six foot four or six foot five striker in the box it's kind of hard to deal with um it's a shame because I, I thought we played well in that game for 84 minutes but look these things happen um to still go away to Stuttgart and get a draw we were delighted with that two seasons ago so why not be delighted with it now and then Dortmund well uh okay say again a brilliant performance um I think the only the only thing uh, across the games that uh, would be nice is that if we can somehow coach some composure into Awani, um, because he has got everything bar bar that sort of composure in front of goal, and I don't I don't know what it is. I'm uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's something that Urs and the rest of the coaching staff are working on because his hold up play is superb, uh, his link up play is brilliant, but um, yeah, it's just. Um, that composure in front of goal because there's definitely a couple of shots there where you're thinking even just to get them on target. Uh, when it comes to the cup game, yeah, uh, I, Paderborn played the same amount of games as us, so I don't, I don't want to bring, uh, I don't think tiredness should be a point uh, used because again, Paderborn had an English evoker the week before as well. But they played, Paderborn played like a team that wanted to win. Their high press, particularly in the first 70 minutes, was a credit to them, a great way to go and play against a team in a division higher up. Uh, obviously, it's nice that Stefan Baumgart, uh, uh, an ex owner, is the coach there. So if you're going to lose to anyone, an ex owner, uh, one who's on good terms with the club, is, is good. Okay, maybe not good, but. But yeah, they they played really well, and we only sort of came into the game when they started to tire out and sit back. I don't think it's more a game that we lost as opposed to one that Paderborn actually went out to try and win. And it kind of it's shades of Verl in the cup last season again, a team from a, a lower 
division or Reginald Liga, so it's a bit of a drop from Paderborn. But some of these games, it seems like the lower teams are up for a fight. And I don't know if that's because we're focusing on Bundesliga, which is not the worst thing to do because it's worst sixth place for crying out loud. It means going forward, there's less distractions. As much as I love the cup, um, given the place we're in now, why not kind of chuck all our eggs in the league basket and see what comes out of it? Because once we get the next sort of four games out of the way uh, and get like, to the halfway point of the season, because um, it's a tough four game or sorry, a tough three games after after Bremen, let's. Let's sort of see where we are then, because maybe maybe we're pushing for something that we didn't expect at the start of the season. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, picking up on the uh, the Nigerian there, I think there was a few moments in different games where we had what you could call kind of guilt edge chances, and um, he was always in the right place. He was making, he was getting there often, making chances um, himself. He's a he's certainly a handful, uh, powerful player, as you say, someone who can hold the ball up and. Maybe you can see see what Liverpool have seen in him, but yeah, he reminds me very much of kind of when uh, when I was lucky enough to watch Danny Welbeck come to Sunderland, someone who was at United from a from a young age, and the the one thing as a striker that Danny Welbeck wasn't great at was was just tapping in those one on one chances that they they kind of looked like the easy chances. Um, he could smash them in from twenty yards, um, no problem. Um, but um, those kind of run of the mill chances that. In, in the top flight, you might only get one or two of those chances per game. Yeah, I think for me, it'll be interesting to see. He, he will be pivotal in, in terms of can we progress and, and really kick on for the rest of the season. If he takes his chances and, and becomes a... Because, I mean, he scored a couple of goals in those games we've just talked about. If he can really add to his goal tally, I think we could uh, we could do quite well. Yeah, it just... Uh, there's a lot. And there's, there's a, an old school reference for... Uh, Mark will appreciate this. But he reminds me a lot of uh, John Mosquera, who was at Onion maybe sort of early, well, 10 years ago. Um, and that was all the talk around him is that he's got everything apart from the finish, really. And I, I agree, like he's got really something about him, but it's just that. And the, the two goals that he did score, sort of like we said before, that they were just scuff shots. They weren't particularly good finishes. The header at Stuttgart was a fantastic finish. So he's clearly got something about him, but there's that raw talent to him. And But at the same time, I was thinking the other day that He's not a very Liverpool sort of player. And I was trying to work out sort of what Liverpool saw in him because I don't see how he would fit into a Liverpool side particularly, uh, whether they're actually planning on on sort of giving him a chance at any point. I'm not sure whether he'll be loaned out for the rest of his career. I'm probably more likely. But yeah, I mean, he's a great asset to have. Clearly, there is something there, but we need those chances converting because we don't get those chances five, six times a game. Uh, maybe we did against Bayern, which was a, a surprise. But when he went through one-on-one in that first 10 minutes, you think we are not going to get that chance again. We did, luckily, but that's not going to happen every game. We need someone who is going to be a hell of a lot more clinical going forward because we're not going to create four or five good chances for him every game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mark, there was a, a reference there that you'll appreciate being someone who's watched Union for a, a very long time. Uh, yeah, Mosquera. Yeah, he was very much in the mould, I would say. Maybe now... I'm not quite sure how good my memory is here. Maybe Mosquera was a little bit taller and a little bit more dominant in the air and a little bit more gangly as well. He had like he had some times where he was like all all hand and feet all over the place and everything. Prone to very good bursts of skill. Did also put the ball away, uh, but was also also guilty as Awani is of um, of that final finish. 
So I, uh, I, I do see the reference there. I definitely do see the reference to, uh, to Mosquera. The only thing that I would say, in addition to everything that's been said already with Aoni, is he, he gets into the positions that maybe someone like Poyan Palo, um, who is definitely the better finisher, uh, he gets into the positions that maybe Poyan Palo would not get into. It's a case of, um, it's a tough one when you, to, to, to pick the right striker, it's also a question of uh, providing of getting the chances to him and everything, which we are markedly better at this year, as opposed to last year where it was all focused or mostly focused on up to Anderson, flick on, knock down, turn around, face goal and stuff like this. We are much more variable in terms of the, ch- the creating the chances. And Awani um, is... Um, is also flourishing to an extent from that. I think that if uh, if Awani or indeed Poyanpado were playing last year in some sort of system with us, I don't think they would have any sort of um, success. I think it's all based on this this tactics that we're that we're that we're doing at the moment this season. Yeah, you've just got to get his confidence up to 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 maybe make a more decisive. Uh, impact maybe maybe go harder at the shots. Um, we've seen he scuffs the ball a lot. I don't know if that's something that can be taught or, or taught out of uh, out of him. He never seems to get a full contact on the ball. Whereas someone like like just in the Poyanpalo, we haven't seen much of him in Union dress, but I know from his time at Leverkusen and in the past. He, he gets full power on the ball. And when you're up front, getting full power on the ball is the way of scoring goals. As a striker, it's just, it's an elementary part for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you only have to look at that Paderborn goal that went through um, our keeper's legs. Um, it was it was just the pure power that, that got it in. And yeah, I think those kind of snatched attempts, maybe, maybe it's a, a confidence issue, just lacking that composure in front of goal at times to put his laces through it, as we would say. The, the, the other player that I was kind of interested in talking about a little bit was was Becker because I thought the the way that we set up against Bayern Munich with Becker I, I thought he caused a lot of problems uh, down the flank in both halves and again he's maybe somebody similar in the sense that if you're going to have a guy out on the wing you probably want his end product to be pretty good and there's there's times when maybe the, the sort of the crossing aspect of his game is not the greatest but then you look at his hold up play and and just his his pace um, to get down the wing and, and cause problems. He, he certainly caused Bayern Munich a few problems. And and I actually think for me, he's been one of the players that maybe I was a little bit tougher on a few months ago, but now he's kind of becoming a bit of a, a bit of a favourite of, of mine, actually. And I think if I was stood on the Gagan Garada with him bombing down the wing next to me, um, which hopefully will happen at some point, uh, he's, for me, he's quite an exciting um, prospect as well. Yeah, uh, for me, I think totally agree. He's been the real pleasant surprise of the season. Um, if we were going to give out a most improved player so far, I think we'd definitely go to him. The stuff that we saw from from him last season uh, didn't particularly impress. We, we didn't see much of him, but when we did, he didn't particularly take his chances. Like you said, there was an end product issue there where he could, he could get himself into promising positions where he could create something and he was quite wasteful with it this season. As we saw with, I think, Cruz's first goal, where it was just an absolute pinpoint, perfect cross onto his head. There's been a couple of occasions where, where there's been a real real high-quality final ball that's, that's led to a goal. Um, and he's got the... I think he probably is the quickest player in the league still. I don't know if that's still the case. He certainly was last season. Um, so he's got that, but then he's he's applied that that finishing touch to it now. 
popped up with a couple of goals as well, I think. So for me, yeah, Becker is a player that with the system that we play is one of the key players, certainly in that position where you look for an outlet when we break quickly, when we win the ball and he stretches the opposition defence, pulls players out of position. And he's just, I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to be a left back up against him on any day because, you know, he's scary to play against with his pace. And now that he's added that little bit of quality um, in, in his final ball and he's a goal threat now, I mean, that's that's a real player that we I think we should be looking to build sort of teams around him and, and work around him, bringing in strikers who would really benefit from that sort of play. You can get on the end of his crosses and and, and link well with him. Yeah, and I mean, uh, like you say, I mean, some some credit must go to the coaching staff there. And if uh, if, if we can coach players and, and get more out of them, um, that's that's a massive massive well done to to the kind of uh, the back room uh, as as we say. Uh, yeah, I think he. We might be discussing best signing of the year um, later on in the podcast. I think that Mike Becker might be the best signing of this year, but just with one year delay. If you if you want to put it that way, he's um, certainly been a big part of um, of the of the good form that we found ourselves specific, uh, particularly this season. The thing is that, as as Cherry says, he he stretches the game out so much more. Uh, last year when the focal point was Anderson. Um, a winger was was almost next to next to nothing. It was almost useless because if you pass the ball to a winger and he's bombing down the down the wing and there's no one up with him, then that doesn't stretch the game out. He's got no outlets, and he very frequently was looking for an outlet that wasn't there last season. This season, he's fit, which is also an important thing. I think he was out for a, quite a while with a very nagging injury. He's fit. He's getting more confident and he's getting the run of games that he needs, I feel. And he also seems to have, and this is not to be underestimated, I think, he also has is beginning to get a real understanding with the people who he's playing with. He never seemed to have an understanding with Anderson, but he most definitely does seem to have it with Cruz in particular. And also the one with Awani is also, is also getting there, I think. It's, um, you always have to have this, uh, this harmony with the players who you're playing up front, otherwise you're going to be like a like a, a square peg in a round hole. Um, and I think he was that last year, and this year he's getting really, really into into speed. Of course, he's makes the wrong decision on occasion. Um, that's going to happen from a winger. Not every ball is going to come on, but um, you always get the feeling that something's going to happen when Becker gets to the game, and and even against Bayern, like the. Uh, Champions League winners, the serial champions of Germany and everything. When he, you saw that they were focusing on him and that, that they were thinking, aye, aye, we have to look after this guy. We have to look after him. And that is probably the highest compliment of all, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that uh, that buying game was certainly one where Becker, I think, um, put them under a lot of pressure. And yeah, their, their fullback was, was, their left back was booked in that game, which kind of shows the, the troubles that uh, he was causing. Yeah, for me, I think I would, I would certainly agree if we were doing a most improved player or uh, delayed signing of the season, Becker would would certainly be be up there. I think, yeah. I mean, for the for the signing of the season, I think for me it's difficult to look away from 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 one man. Um, but also, is is that the unknown way? Should we be just looking at, at one one bloke because he's a bit of a bit of a star and uh, he can ping the ball about and he's got a lovely left peg? Um, I don't know, but. Uh, 
but Kyle, I mean, sort of moving moving it on, maybe from Becker, unless you've got any uh, anything that you burning desire to talk about for Becker. I think we've probably done him done him a great service there with uh, with that segment. But um, but yeah, when when we look at the signings of of this season, and and we're not even halfway through as well. But where do you see who's usually your favourite? And yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on? On the activity we did actually in the uh, in the summer window. Well, if I if I were to go just signing of the season, um, well, he's instrumental to how we play. He seems to be a, a great character and amongst the team, and is is someone that is it seems to be liked by by all at Union, and that's Urs Fisher signing a new contract because I I don't feel we're in this position with uh, with another head coach. Um, since Urs has come in, he's kind of been able to adapt the way we play from like the year in the Zweite Bundesliga and then last season and now this. We're, we're playing different styles in each season, but he's getting results. So him signing a new contract is definitely my signing of the season. I think it is hard to argue with that and. Again, if we're if we're talking coaches, staff, and back office, there's also Oliver Runer signing another contract because these guys are, are are so key to to our success. And like you could buy whatever many players are. Obviously, for Onion, that's not the way we do things. But in theory, as a football team, you could buy eleven superstars, but that doesn't mean they're going to play well and they're going to play like a team. We have plenty of examples of that in the Bundesliga of teams that are full of superstars and are struggling. Whereas at Onion, our teams under Urs and under Oliver have played like teams, regardless of who's on the park and the quality of those players. So if we're talking signing those the seasons, probably not the one that was maybe expected, but yeah, errors for me. Yeah, certainly think uh, that's that's true. And many many signings will be will be good for one year, two year, maybe three if you're lucky. And and those 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 two that you mentioned are going to have um, a massive impact on your on your own probably for for for, for longer than for the, than any one player. So I can certainly uh, certainly see that. Cherry, what's your thoughts on the uh, on the on the signings? One that I think may have slipped under the radar a bit. And especially is is sort of the last few games that has stood out for me is actually Griesbeck. Um, because he, he started against Bayern, he started against Dortmund as well, I think. And he's been very steady, a really sort of steady influence there with obviously after Andrik's uh kamikaze performance against in the derby. He's come in and done a really good job, I think. And that is a real typical Sort of Runa Fisher signing where they're going under the radar in you know second or even the third division like uh, Bolter was, and they they see something there whether it's a, a stats thing or whether they just see something uh, sort of by eye where they've got a really good eye for for talent that is really good. But we're now mixing that up like you say with bigger signings like Cruiser, and we're finding really nice chemistry there between the two. So you've got your workhorses and the people you, that you know are going to put in the the miles and make sure that we're running further than the opposition every game, mixing that up with Becker and Cruiser who then have that little individual flair who can really change games and, and can do something special. Um, so, yeah, and then I think Endo as well is, is going to be a really good signing, sort of a, another one picked from obscurity almost that you wouldn't really, you know, you wouldn't have known about him before we signed him, but clearly there's some real talent there, uh, whether, you know, he integrates well because we've had, you know, issues with with players coming from 
different cultures who have, who have struggled to to integrate into the squad and even though they had the talent maybe they weren't the right sort of personality for the squad um that that's been a problem previously but if endo can really settle down um i think we've got something special on our hands there as well um but yeah generally i think you know there's not been a bad signing this season i don't think i mean last season we had a few strange ones like uh Carter and Flecker, who who maybe didn't get the chance, but clearly yeah, something wasn't quite right there, and and you know we never really saw them play. But this season, um, Gieselman's been you know quite integral now that we've had injuries, and he's stepped in really well. Um, so yeah, it's been some fantastic signings this season, and uh, getting Runet down on a on a contract along with Fisher. I mean, those two really. They've they've changed the fortunes of the club, but like Carl says, there's there's no way we'd be where we are now without those two and the the sort of squad that they've put together. So, yeah, that that's huge for the the sort of mid to long term future of the club. Time ruin it down. Indeed, indeed. Um, I think the uh, the worry that I now have when you when you have a successful uh, backroom setup, good head coach, and and someone who's looking at players, and as you say, I mean Griesbeck plucking someone from Heidenheim. He turned 30 in October. Um, I mean, this is someone who who really should be sort of seeing out the end of his career with a move maybe down to the third league in a couple of years or something. And he's, he's ended up being, um, as you say, um, a, a very good defensive midfielder coming in, in in some really tough games there, actually. So, yeah, I think, uh, again, I, 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 I'm glad they've got the contracts. But, um, yeah, I, I wonder how long before before bigger bigger beasts come and knocking. Let's enjoy it while uh, while we can. I think it's testament to how well we've done this year that all three of us have picked out different players um, as being there as being a very positive signing. And as Cherry said, I don't think there's been a negative one uh, or or one that's underperformed this year. Everyone's pulled everyone's pulled on the rope, and it's really great to see. Um, one that I personally would also would also like to emphasise is uh, Robin Knocker as well. He is, without doubt, he has pedigree. Without doubt, he has Bundesliga pedigree and everything. But the most important thing is not how not just how good he plays. Uh, the important thing is how good Friedrich's playing. Because Friedrich is the next cab off the rank at Union, I have a feeling. I hope it's not even going to be this winter. But he's uh, when when the when the tentacles and when the and when the the articles are are being are being written about like the best uh, one of the best defenders in the in the league about uh, him being in the kicker team of the first half of the season and everything uh, this is usually connected to something going on in the back uh, that some people are looking for a good central defender and Friedrich is dangerous up front uh, from corners he cleans up well at the back he's a very 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 good player but as a central a central defender you're only a good player if you're in a good partnership with someone and this is where Knocker comes in him and Knocker and also uh, and also Schlotterbeck as well before his injury and everything they seem to have a good harmony with uh, with Friedrich and I think that Knocker has rather gone onto the radar uh, a little bit uh, but he's played well himself and he's brought the other defenders uh, out of them uh, out of themselves as well he's uh, definitely been uh, a very important signing. Yeah, just on Friedrich, his sort of play has come on so much this season. Like he's obviously always defensively solid, but his his link up play and his passing has come on 
quite a bit. And Onion are sort of playing this football that works with a lot of like long passes from defence to attack. And as we've covered in previous episodes of the podcast, I, I tally up the, the secondary assists. And I've only got up to the Hertha game done, but Friedrich was leading the team in secondary assists up to that point, which I think says a lot for a centre-back that they're, th- this isn't like headers or things like stromashes in the box or things like this. This is like passing play that Friedrich is getting involved in. And it's been floated about before, but surely it's... <laughs> He, he must be looking at like on his current form being part of like the national team or maybe it's a bit of a stretch to say someone at Union playing for Germany but he is an outstanding talent in, in the Bundesliga when it comes to signings we haven't even mentioned Cruz yet <laughs> what like what an impact he's had and of course now he's injured and is out for another month or so but the impact he's had in the club in terms of his um his assists his penalties um just how we play and even when Invartsen had to come in and re- uh, replace him for that game before he got injured himself it's someone to build a style of play around and then other people can slot into that hole afterwards but the way the team has kind of molded itself around them is uh, it's been great to see, and it's, it's so nice to like ha- have someone when they've got the ball. You're like he's going to play like a good pass, or he's going to bring people into the game, but also contribute in his own way as well. So yeah, we probably maybe shouldn't have left it that long, but we don't want to say we're a, a team that is built around one man. No, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, just the the, the quality of of Max Cruiser is is for me is why he's my he's been my. I wouldn't make maybe I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say he's he's been the best signing, but he's been my favourite signing. And I think yeah, seeing someone with that um, with that flair, that ability to tuck away a penalty is absolutely uh, superb. I think I think Mark though, I think when you when you bring someone like Kanoka and, and mention him, um, yeah, again a, another free transfer which goes back to the, the the scouts at Union picking out these players. There's been a bit of controversy in the in the in the media recently about um certain high profile clubs using transfer marked uh, in their um in their annual reports. But if you look at our centre half pairing of uh, of Friedrich and Kanoka, one's one's valued at six and a half million and one's four and a half. And um, for me it's probably the wrong way around, but it, it shows that we we can we've got an eye for for players and yeah, some of these players now are as, as Kyle says, probably knocking on the door of, or should be at least um, being considered for the, the national team and, and being in that squad. Yeah, just expanding on that, really, when you look at the current state of the German national team, I don't think it's too far-fetched to suggest that a call-up would be on the cards for Friedrich. We, you've got Ginter, you've got Sula at Bayern, but then beyond that, you've got Rudigo's not really getting a game at Chelsea, um, you've got Robin Koch at Leeds, who I think is just out injured at the minute as well. Um, so, you know, when you look beyond that pool of centre-backs that Germany has, Friedrich has to be next on that list. Um, I, I don't think it is an overreaction to to start putting his name about for the national squad. Whether that comes with him still playing at Onion. I don't know. It would be nice. Not sure if that's ever happened before. I very much doubt it. We've had a few under-21 players, but an actual sort of full German national uh, in an onion shirt would be, wow. I mean, that would just be the sort of the pinnacle of of everything that the club's achieved in the last few years. Um, But yeah, I I can't see it really being, you know, uh, something that would be so far-fetched. He's got to be there knocking on the door and, I just hope that he stays with the club throughout this whole season. We don't lose him in January because you could see, I don't know who would come in for him, but you wouldn't put past Dortmund to come in for him, I don't think, because they clearly have 
a full range of problems at the back of the minute. Um, but yeah, Friedrich has been absolutely immense. And I think I totally agree that having a partner alongside him and in the promotion season, it was Hubner and that was, you know, good. But uh, Knocker is more of a complete player who, who definitely gives Friedrich that freedom, like you say, to take the ball forward and to start attacks and to to play those passes into into space behind the the opposition defence that so often lead to goals. So yeah, that's that's been hugely impressive this season. Yeah, and I mean it hasn't uh, hasn't done him any harm that he's popped up with uh, with with some goals of late as well. Um, I mean, if you are going to get called up for your national side, you would and as a, as a centre half now would be the time after you've just been thumped six nil, um, which I think was their most recent game against Spain. Uh, yeah, just about uh, Friedrich in the national team. Um, I'm with Andrew on that as well. I think um, he is definitely. Well, how can I put this in a nice way with the German national team? His face fits in very nicely with the German national team. Very nice guy, doesn't do anything, doesn't play poker, doesn't smoke in shisha bars, doesn't drive a Porsche. You see who I'm getting at here. And this is the person that by rights should be in the German national team if you want to do something on international level, which is Max Kruse. But Max Kruse, he's is a face that does not fit with the German national team. The thing that... Um, it's maybe for a different podcast, but uh, that uh, Runus and Singler have gone on, on, on and, and said about the German national team build-up, um, about the atmosphere there, about the, the marketing, and about the fact that this Demannschaft rubbish that they always trot out uh, and everything. I'm not sure that uh, Friedrich and Friedrich's agent weren't looking at their boss and their president looking at this and going, saying, oh, no, don't talk about that because I think that there was something uh, that that might put him back a little bit they're certainly very vindictive or seem to be against the DFB with everyone who doesn't fit in with the Mannschaft and with the DFB uh, dogma that goes around uh, and that's a sad thing because um, there's that I have a degree of interest in the national team but that has died since the since the days of uh, 2006 and afterwards and the winning of the of the world cup the german national team the interest in it among the public has died on its ass over here interesting stuff um and yeah i think uh, probably some some elements there for for future podcasts we've all got turkey sandwiches to eat um so i will try and um wrap up now with some some closing thoughts on some maybe highlights i was trying to think back to the the, the last time i saw a win in a, a kind of what i would say a proper game the closest i can get is when um we were away at eintracht frankfurt and I had, I had, I think I had five five games coming up at that point. I, I saw three of them and obviously missed the uh, the buy-in at home due to the virus and the the, the derby. But yeah, that Eintracht game where their their ultras were were theirs, not there, so there was just a big empty end. Was I think the last time I I could I could vaguely say I saw us win in in 2020. I don't know about you boys when you when you were last at a game and actually saw us saw us win if that even happened in 2020 for some of you. But maybe, yeah, um, as well as that, we're, we're looking at either 2020 or, or maybe this season, but maybe pick out your your personal highlight. I'll go with one of mine first and, and, and not to embarrass Kyle, but um, during the lockdown, Kyle was pretty quick to set up some kind of group viewings. And um, for me, as an exile and someone who, uh, yeah, um, doesn't always attend the group viewings, but I've, I've attended quite a few, it's always nice to watch a game with your, your fellow Unyona. And yeah, maybe maybe that will even continue sometimes. 
when we can all get back to the Alta Forsterai, because uh, now I'm uh, tucked, tucked away down in, in southern Europe. I'm not quite sure how often I'll get back to, uh, to Berlin. Um, but, uh, but yeah, big thanks to Kyle for, for organizing them. It's been a big, uh, big highlight for me in, in 2020. Look forward to hearing you guys, what your, uh, what your highlights were. It's been a challenging year, struggle of a year at many times for lots of people. Um, and I think football sometimes is a, is, is a great bit of escapism for us all. And, um, this podcast as well has been good for, uh, good for me to, uh, to get involved in and, and a bit of escapism. So yeah, since I've embarrassed you, Kyle, I'll maybe let you go first. Oh, highlights of this year. Even though we lost uh, that cup game in Leverkusen, it was the last football match I attended because everything locked down like a week later. That was that was a good night, um, even if the result didn't go away with, uh, after the sending off. But there's not much else to pick from in terms of matches I actually attended. Um, the the big the big wins like that six 0 against Bielefeld. It was nice to watch a team scoring goals. And uh, apart from that, yeah, just throughout this a lot a lot of people have come close together and I think that's the same for us as well um and like I, I if it wasn't for a lockdown I don't know if this for example this podcast would have happened and hopefully it's something we continue going forward so but yeah hopefully hopefully the highlights for 2021 are a bit better and it's us getting back into in the grounds and cheering on the lads again indeed indeed uh Mark what do you, what have you enjoyed about uh, 2020 what have I enjoyed about 2020 yeah, um, <laughs> football-wise, no, I mean, I don't like games behind closed doors. I don't like watching it on TV. I'm invested in it. I'm getting over this, though. I'm getting over this, though. I watch I watch Oxford now. I try to watch Union if I can. It's just not. It's just not. It's just not the same. It's just not the same as being there. And I've and during whilst uh, you've all been talking i actually looked to see to see what my last uh, my last win uh, uh and also my last visit uh, no not my last visit my, my last win was the tunnel against augsburg um and i tracked back before that and that was actually the only win in 2020 that i saw now if you're a schalke fan or something that might be sort of like the norm but actually only having uh only having one, only seeing what a one win in the entire year. That's uh, that, that's quite a depressing thought. We went home. Uh, I was about to go on holiday after that, and we said uh, we said yeah, yeah, see you after the holiday and everything. And uh, then it all quickly went wrong, didn't it? The year, but as you say, Carl. I mean, I'm not sure that we would have uh, been given the impetus to start this, to start a podcast and everything among people that in 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 a normal week might have been all in Berlin and meeting up for a beer, but as at the moment we're, we're spread out among four countries and everything like this, it's been good for, it's been good for, for on a mental health perspective, talking about Union as well. And uh, also staying in touch, uh, staying in touch because when you're stuck in your stuck, not stuck at home, like in a lockdown situation, but when everybody, when there's no prospects for people to all come together to travel from here, there, everywhere to, to to Berlin to go into a packed stadium. When that's all taken away from you, this is very important. This sort of stuff. So thank you guys for this um, for this podcast, and we have to keep it going, even when even when things are back to normal or whatever the new normal is. We should definitely keep this going. Yep. Well, uh, I'll I'll certainly uh, along with you guys um, be up for for keeping this going. Um, 
Cherry, I know that you've got uh, you've got an appointment in three minutes, but I think that gives you enough time to uh, to maybe wrap up your thoughts on either the season so far, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's a very important appointment actually at the tip to get rid of all the Christmas rubbish, and you got a very strict time slot. So yeah, thanks for that. I'll wrap up. <laughs> um, personally, I think the only game that I managed to get to this this calendar year was uh, Leverkusen in February, which actually now feels very much like the last proper home game uh, because the home game two weeks later was against Wolfsburg, which was interrupted by the protests and there was all that rigmarole around it, which sort of distracted from from the game itself. Um, and that uh, we lost that 3-2. It was a, a last kick of the game. We lost it. But um, uh, when Bolter equalised about 10 minutes before that, we had just gone 2-1 down, time was running out and that was a real sort of euphoric moment um, in front of a full house and, you know, the celebrations were, were pretty wild. So it was, you know, a real privilege to be part of that. And looking back now, that feels very much like, you know, a, a totally different age because I, I remember Corona being a talking point, but there was absolutely no sort of inkling that we would get to where we are now. Um, and, and nobody believed that that we'd have games without fans and, especially not for you know the the rest of the calendar year at that point so um yeah I'm just sort of feel quite privileged to have been there and had the opportunity to see that game even though we lost um and then yeah I mean it's been great to to have that sort of connection now even though we're all apart like Mark said looking back I remember when the club um decided to show the replay of the the derby game in 2011 uh, this was right at the start of lockdown, and the idea then was that everybody would get together online and and really feel like even though we couldn't see each other, we were still connected in some way. And that was a huge novelty back then. Now it's become the absolute norm. Um, it's the only thing we really have to to carry on that connection that we all have with football and with the football club in particular. Um, and yeah, I, I just echo those sentiments. I mean, it's it's really not ideal what we're going through at the minute but you have to take the positives out of it and look at it and go you know in a way perhaps my connection to the club personally has strengthened a little bit because we've we've had these sort of chats we've doing this podcast um we've been forced to connect with each other in other ways uh which is a a, a nice sort of spin-off but yeah i mean like all of you i'm sure we just can't wait for the day when when we're back in the stadium with a full house um, and and we're able to just watch football again in in the way that we used to. So hopefully in 2021 we're we're all going to have that opportunity again. Well, that's spot on timing, Cherry. I can hear the church bells uh, from the from the local uh, church ringing out to uh, to herald it's uh, it's on the hour. So you get away to the tip. I'm going to go and make my turkey sandwiches. I don't know what you boys are doing, but this has been another uh, great podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And we will see you again in the new year. We'll be obviously taking a look at some of those tough fixtures that we've got coming up in January. But it's uh, the first trip will be, I think it's a way to uh, Bremen. So, um, yeah, we've got football. Football Saturdays are back. I think um, uh, to start the year no, uh, no winter break and the podcast will not be taking a winter break either so see you next time <laughs>